so always <laughs> something different. <laughs> so hopefully everybody has an outline. I should say revealing our loving, good, and gracious God, which is an easy topic for me. But let me just give a couple of comments with regard to this, because I, I really believe one of our greatest uh, challenges right now is to keep our love on our pilot light lit on the inside for Jesus, but also for other people. You know, part of the sign of the end times is the love of most will grow cold, you know. And so we don't want that to happen, and it's very easy in this environment for that to happen. But also, um, there's some huge dividends in just staying connected uh, and feeling not only God's love generally in your mind, but in your spirit. And, um, and so we're going to talk about that a, a little bit. And I, I believe in the times... Even with such division, have you noticed that even amongst Christians there's some division in terms of, in churches even, uh, how should we handle this pandemic and how should we respond? And um, it's quite unusual. I mean, we've just got so many things, so many opinions flying around, you know. And um, one thing I've noticed is that there are opinions and there are opinions, but uh, many of them are not rooted in the love of God. And what I mean by that is, they're not rooted in peace. They're not rooted in actually dwelling with the Lord. They're, removed, they're rooted in something else outside that hooked them, especially in their sense of greatest point of insecurity. And so we've got to be careful with our insecurities because we're all insecure in various ways. And we all have sensitivities in certain ways from our woundedness in the past uh, in some cases, in some cases uh, because of interests or things that we did in the past that uh, influenced the way we think and stuff and so sometimes uh, as we get opinions and we form them we get divided even in Christ but I found that there's this well of truth proceeding from an experience with the love of God that brings uh, uh, at least some balance and some understanding and actually instructs us on the inside and um, so as you can imagine as a pastor I have all kinds of people uh, you know wanting to know my opinion about everything hoping that I'll agree with them or about this or about that you know and it catches me in this horrible crossfire all the time. You know what I mean? Can you imagine in this environment, you know? And, and asking me, you know, for my advice about military things and about this political thing over there and that over here as if I should, like, be right up on all that, you know, and, and uh, as a good Republican or a good Christian or whatever. And the funny thing is I, I realize that a lot of the insecurity is not coming from your uh, sense of truth, although everybody seems to have a corner on that today. It comes out of your sense of, of uh, instability or stability with God. Because when it goes through the love sorter, the, the rooted sorter, the, that place where God is intimate with you and speaking with you, then, then it really helps us then to interpret all the signals, our own signals, first of all. You know, what's coming out of your deep insecurity? What's coming out of that fear place, right? And what's not? And then how to evaluate what other people are saying. And then... How do you respond to them? wonder if a believer doesn't have an opinion that's the same as yours. What are you going to do? Just cut them off? Or are you going to beat them up till they submit? <laughs> right? Both those responses probably are not the best, right? So some people get mad at me because I'm too calm. And uh, other people get mad at me because I'm not calm enough. You know, There's no win in this situation. It's because it's a great hour of insecurity and a lot of unrooted people in the very things I'm going to talk about today. And it's so important that we get rooted. And there is a supernatural rooting. Uh, by that, I mean like a plant root. There's a supernatural a thing that holds us in place, this relationship with God. Because it might be shock you to know, but God's really not worried about anything. No, wait a minute. He has to be. No. He actually has everything under control. And... The world didn't go out of control. Yeah. Spirit of Antichrist or no spirit of Antichrist. It didn't go anywhere. It's not spinning out. God has this all in mind. He knows exactly what's happening. We have responsibilities. Yes. But there's an overarching plan. And guess what? I got this feeling that God's going to hit the bullseye on this one. Yeah. Right? So I don't mean that we shouldn't be active because you have to do what you're called to do. It's just that when it comes to other people and how you affect them or how you relate to them, just be sensitive, be like Jesus would be with them. You can be clear, but at the same time, on the inside of you, if you're calm, you know, and they're spinning out over here or spinning out over there, well, that doesn't need to hook you necessarily, right? And I think if we live in that way, 
we're going to come to the answers a lot quicker. And uh, in some cases, God's going to put conviction in us and speed us up and say, wait a minute, and stand up real visibly. And other pieces, uh, other times, we're just going to calm down a little bit. <laughs> right? It's all according to the person and what Jesus is doing. And it all comes from when God reveals His good and graciousness to us. The fact that God always loves us can be believed and experienced even in the darkest times. And there's a lot that's necessary right now. I just want you to just check your love quotient. Not the quotient about how you're doing with others, but how are you doing with God and how are you feeling? And how are you feeling not only toward if the political winds are going your way or not, but how do you feel in your spirit? Do you feel encouraged? Now, I know this is going to sound like even me saying this is going to be freak some people out. I've never felt more secure and more good about what God's doing in the earth than right now and the body of Christ. I know that sounds strange. I mean, there's plenty of things I could point to. But we've always been looking for more through this whole crisis. We're looking for what God is doing with us specifically and where we're going because there's amazing opportunity here. I see opportunity everywhere for people to come to Christ. I feel oppor I see opportunity in this unstable, glorious time. Usually those two words don't go together, unstable and glorious. But this is an unstable <laughs> but glorious time. The only worst thing that could happen to us is boredom where people don't care. The lukewarm thing is just not a good place, right? So I don't think there's many people lukewarm, you know. There's a lot going on right now, which is a good, a good place, a place for change. You can say all this when you're secure in your heart. You can say and you look and you can respond. That's one thing we've tried to do with regard to this uh, whole pandemic as a church. Some people think, wow, you are really bold. And some people say, you were not bold enough, you know. And I knew that was coming. You can't win unless you're doing what Jesus says to do. Then you win every time, right? But I just see opportunity. I just see so many possibilities. I just see so much grace on us. One of the things I'm most proud of is just being able to help people. And uh, the warehouse has just been crazy busy. And with it, the money we've been investing in homelessness and uh, feeding people and taking care of people. What an incredible opportunity and how pleasing it is to the community and how they love our, our place over here and how they love us when they find out we're connected, which I still got to put that sign out to let them know the vineyard's here. But anyway, it doesn't matter really. That bit, I like that big old cross out there. It's the first thing you see. Pull in, there's the cross. Uh, okay, this is what these people are about, right? <laughs> right? I love that whole thing, right? And the whole thing, but oh my, how many people are encountering Jesus in direct and indirect ways through the opportunity we've been given through the weakness, and not only the weakness of people that have lived here a long time, but the nations. Oh my, the different nationalities and nations that have come to us. Our Hispanic church, which meets after this, uh, this meeting time, is exploding in a way that we never dreamed it would happen. I mean, it's beginning to take root. It's beginning to move. It's always had great roots. Led by Andy, he's done a great job. And now it's beginning to expand and grow and even begin to become what he dreamed it would be. It's just so many things. God bless all you Persians. We love you. Persians, welcome. I've got to put a sign on the door. Persians, all welcome here. <laughs> really? You notice how many Persians are around here and all of the conflict going on in Iran, but there's a great movement to God amongst Persian peoples. What a great thing. What an amazing thing. And, uh, and all the other nations of the world are experiencing so much grace right now in the Lord even though there's lots of trouble, and I'm not minimizing any of that. Fortunately, when we give our lives to Jesus, God sends His Holy Spirit to supernaturally help us. Don't you like that? Making us uh, feel loved and confident. And so my favorite chapter of the whole Bible is Romans 8. You've probably heard me teach on this a dozen times, but I just want to just teach it maybe from a slightly different angle for some of you and others. You've heard it before, but first thing is in Romans 8, the very first verse, I love this very first verse, there... Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. First thing out of the bottle there. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus took it all, right? He forgave us from that space on the cross. Amazing. There's no condemnation. So when we're walking with God, God leads us in ways that maybe aren't all like other religions. He doesn't condemn us. He lets us know the truth, but He doesn't point fingers. He doesn't push us. He, he actually is just the other way, right? There's no condemnation for those who are Christ Jesus. The fact that uh, 
this time has made uh, people so uneasy. There's lots of condemnation there, lots of pointing fingers. But we don't live in that space. And we don't get it from God either, right? First, second verse, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. The Spirit helps us understand how much we're loved as God's kids. Even when we suffer, we realize that our lives are under God's loving care. We cry. That's a loud word. That's an animal shriek. And the, it's taken from a, a, it's the same word that they would, uh, for a, an animal that would shriek like a loud bird or a vociferous cry. We scream. We cry. It's an emotional word. Abba, that's daddy, a, a very familiar word with, with God. So that's what the Spirit causes. He causes us to cry out, Daddy, you know, like a lost kid in a grocery store, you know. Mama, Daddy, where are you? <laughs> you ever seen that happen? They wander off. and That's exactly what I always think about, you know. Kid that wanders off in the grocery store and you can just look at your watch. Well, let's see, he's wandering, he's wandering. <laughs> I give it one minute before he's screaming because he loses mom, right? That's the way we are. We, we scream, Mama, Dad, Dad, you know. We learn to do that, but uh, that's why it says there, we, we cry, Roman, we cry, uh, Abba, Father. So the Spirit helps us to understand how we're loved like this. And the Spirit strongly testifies that we're God's kids. That's the word martyreo, which is where we get the word martyr. So I'll just do that. For those who are led by the Spirit of God or the children of God, the Spirit you, you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. There's a lot of people that are enslaved to fear right now. Make sure you're not one of them. Whenever I feel that creeping on me, Man, I just get rid of his fat. It's not the right spirit. The problem with not having the right spirit is you make really dumb decisions from that place. I don't want to make dumb decisions, right? So once you cave into a little fear, there's more where that came from and more and more and more. And there's a lot of people that just because of the hour are literally becoming slaves to fear. And then they put other names on it. You know, patriotism is one of those. They're just terrified, but they put that on it sometimes. Now, I think we should be patriotic. I'm more patriotic than anybody. But I don't like that fear thing that's causing me to think the wrong way. You know, I want to think deeply. What is it to be a patriot in this time? What it is to be loyal to my country and loyal to God, right? Only God can sort that kind of stuff out. Because some of those things are pretty shady, hard to figure out, right? But when we're right, from the right spirit, God makes it clear. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry. We cry, Abba, Father. So the Spirit strongly testifying, and we're crying out, Abba, Daddy, right? As God's children, we still suffer while living in this fallen world, but from a completely different view than the world around us. Amen. First, there's a glory we share with God even in this life. Verse 17, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his glories in order that we may also share in his suffering. Did you see that? I mean, his glory, sorry. See that share in his suffering? I, I don't think I like that part very much. <laughs> but it's all part of the package, right? And I think there's been a little bit more uh, suffering than normal. And it's actually sort of a shock because we've had it fairly easy. Now, when things are just so threatening, I mean, beyond what we've experienced in a long time, right? But this is part of our walk with God. Sometimes we share as believers. I mean, we, we suffer as believers. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So there's both sides of that that we're, that we're in with the Lord. There's a glory that we share with God even in this life and that we're sharing what Jesus went through. Even when I think of Jesus on the cross, I think of this rebellious, mighty man. When they asked him if he was the Son of God, he said, yes. That would have been his ticket out, right? That took a lot of guts. Talk about being apolitical. But then when he got hung on the cross, what did he say? Forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. So you see, there's both sides of this, right? Some, a time to stand up and a time to be weak. And wow, I'll tell you, if you were one of those disciples at that time, watching him being weak would have been a very hard time to believe was the will of God. Don't you think? How hard would that be to watch Jesus? I mean, come on, Jesus. We've seen you do crazy things. Why are you submitting? Why, why are you doing this? For some of us, we may find ourselves in that place. For some of us, we may be at, in a place where we're supposed to be bold, and other times we're supposed to be weak. And whatever we do, forever person's conscious or whatever they're doing, whatever you do, don't point the finger at them. Be careful. 
because their master they're walking and there are times to be strong and there are times to be in a place of suffering there's both times both ways right and so it's really important and kind of confusing Right now it's so confusing because there's just not a lot of straightforward answers. I don't care what you say. There are not a lot of straightforward answers. Watch the news as much as you want. You will not get straightforward answers right now because I think purposely there's confusion in the air. So what we got to do is we got to go back close to God and let Him interpret for us and our times. And God will do it. You know why? Because He loves us. Jesus said, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I like that, don't you? So he's not wringing his hands. He's clear, and he gives us clear instructions for the point of time that we're in. So sometimes there might be a stronger reaction or something we're supposed to do more militant. Other times it's a time to just receive love, but always, always a time to get wisdom. And I believe this love relationship that we're describing with the Lord, uh, this childlike faith of the Lord always gives us the right answer. The Spirit helps us in our weakest places to pray prayers that are answered, even when all we can do is groan. (laughs) I think I'm learning what this verse means finally. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness when we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit intercedes for us through wordless groans. (laughs) Sometimes I look at this and watch my TV or watch how people react or talk to me or a conversation and let's go, Oh, (laughs) I didn't know I was interceding. I'm groaning. Oh, oh, and before the Lord. Sometimes I don't even know what to pray for. Oh, Lord, oh. Well, I'm supposed to pray for all others in authority. Wow. Well, I don't know what to do about that. Yes, you're supposed to pray for the one that's in authority in your land. Okay, oh, okay. Thank you, Lord. I'm now liberate. I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm interceding. But it's in our own self-interest to pray, isn't it? God. So I pray prayers like, Lord, help him to make good decisions about the border. That would be a nice start. Or other things, right? Help him to make good decisions. Help him to solve difficult problems. It's better than just spinning and spinning and spinning. But what if the Lord answered our prayer and gave him or all the government figures or whoever they are, gave him some wisdom? That would be great, right? For all forms of government, whatever it is. Lord, give me wisdom for my family. What am I supposed to do now? Show me how I'm supposed to respond. Oh, and Lord, show me how to respect others who have views that differ from me. Help me to honor them as a person while agreeing to disagree. That would be very good for the church because you know what? Some of you have family members and they're reacting in much different ways than you ever expected. That You came under the same father and mother and they're going this way and you're going that way. What do you do? Stop being family? Probably not a good idea. Probably not in God's heart. For one thing, if they're really that unrighteous or going the wrong direction or whatever, you want them to come back and the fastest way to have them come back is for you to treat them like a person. There's ways to relationally connect with a person and stay connected without, without agreeing for, totally with their politics or whatever, right? Thing is, listen at this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So the Holy Spirit will help you. It's so important that you know that. I just reach down sometimes in my research. Lord, what is the wisdom for right now? What, is, what would you do in this place? What would you do? Would you stand up? Sit down. Would you be kind? Would you be a little more terse. What, what would you do? In the same way, the Spirit helps in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. In other words, when He says intercedes for us, it's not like some weird voice is coming, out of your, you know, the Spirit takes you over, you know. It's, 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 he uses your voice. He use, and I haven't heard any groans from the supernatural, you know. That would be spooky. Wow, you know, hearing a groan while you're praying out there in the atmosphere somewhere. But these wordless groans are coming through us. And sometimes we don't know exactly what to say. I remember a prayer that was prayed by a famous Jewish king. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That was a really good prayer. I pray that all the time now. (laughs) I like that prayer, right? I like that prayer a lot. And so should you. And he who searches our hearts 
knows the mind of the Spirit. This is verse 27, Romans 8. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So when we search God's heart, we'll get to know His mind. Sometimes it takes a while, though. So if you don't know exactly how to pray about a situation, just give it a minute. But don't stop praying. Just give it so you tell you dial it in. You know, and sometimes you're going to pray a little off. Think, Sorry about that one, Lord. I really meant that. Well, you know what? The Lord knows what you meant. Because <laughs> if He be so gracious and good, He knows what you meant, <laughs> even though He didn't pray it distinctly. He He knows what you meant. But just make sure that you're praying. Just when it says, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God, He's talking about us praying the Spirit through us. So yes, the Spirit prays. Good, good. I'm glad somebody up there is praying. No, you're the one that's praying. <laughs> He's praying through you, even though you don't know. We don't know all, all the detail, right? That's a big deal right now. I think I'm supposed to stop on that one for a moment. You, if there ever was a day that you prayed for the church, prayed for your government, prayed for other nations, prayed for the whole world, it would be now. Don't let the confusion mess you up. Even if you don't know exactly what to pray for in a situation, you know, God knows your heart. Just pray as best you can and ask God to give you guidance. But whatever you do, do not shut your mouth. Because when it says here, the Spirit intercedes for God's people, He's using you. He's paying, praying through you for God's people. You understand? Amen. And our prayers make a huge difference. They make a huge difference. And your prayers for that brother-in-law that doesn't agree with you or that sister that's off or that friend down the street who, who you think went loco with whatever conservative or liberal, pray for them. And especially the more emotion they're experiencing and the more anger they have or the more fear they have and you see it in their eyes, the more you need to pray for them. Even if their anger goes in a direction you don't like, you know. And I, I tell you, this is one thing that's been just nothing short of miraculous because I, I am not the most patient person. I mean, that's shocking for people to understand. I, I am not. But the only thing that's made me patient is experiencing the love of God in my spirit that has helped me before I cast judgment or move too quickly. I, I try to see, now, what's going on in that person? Lord, show me what's happening there. What's going on? I try to see them as people, not as people with opinions, whether on television or whatever. L look them as people. God will give you that information. I guarantee you, say, Lord, please help me to understand them. Lord, I want to have compassion. God's up there saying, no way am I going to give you compassion for that one. Is God doing that? No way. No way for that person. They said the wrong thing. And I don't know how many people are going to get polluted by what they said. I understand. We all understand. We all have our opinions. But I tell you what. Looking at a person and, and just, God will give you eyes. You know what I'm, you know what's one of the greatest revolutions in my life in the last several years, especially? I'm just getting eyes for people. I'm looking at them like Jesus would. And I, I really haven't for many years done that, but I now am doing that more than ever. From the person that's just on the street somewhere, on the street corner, you know, and, and I, I've stopped judging people so much with regard to, you know, from the guy that's riding his bike real fast and, you know, five cans hanging about his bike and looking out of his mind, you know, to the person that's, you know, the grandma that's just kind of, you know, uh, coming on our campus, walking around, or someone I see in a restaurant. I, I, I don't even have to pray so much because I can see the brokenness and the Lord's just giving me a heart for them and I'm just trying to look deeper and just try to greet them even. Uh, sometimes people are really broken. I just go out of my way just to say hi. Because I, I, I had this experience the other day. It was a strange thing. So I'm in a hurry as usual, you know, and I'm coming out of Manjibani, which I really love that place, walking somewhere around Subway, you know. And there's this woman sitting there. And it was like 9 o'clock at night. And uh, she was just sitting there. And uh, she looked kind of strange. I could tell she wasn't, probably wasn't uh, from our country. She was dressed strange. But she looked homeless, but I couldn't tell. And I... I I was walking past, and I just felt the Lord say, why don't you just go say hi to that person? I said, ah, yeah, okay. Hello. And it was this Persian person, and she could barely speak English. 
But as I'm looking at her, I could, I just, all of a sudden, I saw the loneliness in her. I could feel it, the horrible loneliness. And she's sitting there all by herself. And so we <laughs> had this amazing conversation. I, I, honestly, I didn't understand 70% of what she said. <laughs> and I'm not sure she understood 50% of what I said. But it's an amazing thing because I could tell she wanted to talk. She just wanted to talk to somebody. So I can't understand her. She can barely understand me. And I have, a, I mean, the conversation, if I, if I could take a recording of it, it had been the most hilarious conversation you've ever heard, right? Because she's probably thinking, what is he saying? That, what does that mean? I didn't say that. And then I'm thinking, what? I, did she, I can't understand. What in the world did she mean by that? You know, we're going back and forth, right? This, but, you know, I don't know. I, I just think that uh, it's just so important that we... Uh, Learn to live sort of that way, right? I completely lost my place. I don't know why I was talking about. Well, I'll pick it up with point D. We know that all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Wow. Did you hear that? All things are working together for my good. But not my churches? No, the churches, yes, they're full of believers as well. How about for the Christian population in the United States? Well, we're, well, we're, we're, we're uh, under assault. Yes, yes, I know that. But we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to His purpose. Well, what about those persecuted people in that other country? Uh, yes, I know all about that. But we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to His purpose. Wow, what comfort there is. God's bigger than me. God's bigger than my opinions. God's bigger than the whole world. God's bigger than all the politics, all the suffering, pain, whatever. Oh, God's in charge after all. That should give you a little peace and understanding, but that doesn't mean you become detached from it. You just find your place in this whole thing of God causing all things to work together for good. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Are those beautiful words or what? Yes. I mean, <laughs> what shall we say in response to these things? <laughs> all the things. <laughs> There's plenty of things now. You notice that? <laughs> Lots of things. But look what he says. It's just so comforting. If God is for me, who is against me? If God is for us, his children, then who can be against us? Well, I can think of like 10 people that are against me or, or don't think the way I think. Yeah, it's true, but God's for you. That's the important part, isn't it? Yes. And if God's for you, then why are you so insecure about what they are doing or not doing? And if God's for us, the whole church, even the part of the church that maybe doesn't have the same exact political views as we do or is a little bit confused... In our mind, he's for them too. Guess what? He's a good dad. He'll help them. You may not be a part of the answer for them, but he will get them. <laughs> if they're born again, if they ca are called by uh, God's name, then he's for them. Amen. Right? And if God is for all of us in the body of Christ, then who can be against us? Now, if they're not a part, God's also for them because he's going after them to get them saved. Right? <laughs> so either way, God's for the whole world. Right? Uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. And when He was hanging there, dying and bleeding, it wasn't just for all the good ones with the right politics, the right attitudes, the right hearts. It was for all the ones that were actually putting Him to death right there. And for the guy that got released in His stead, right? So He's our example, right? If God is for us, who can be against us? There it is. He who did not spare His own Son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him? Ooh, this is a good one. This one's worth worrying. So if you were asleep, wake up. This is a good one right here. Okay, right here. Graciously give us all things. Not like in a mean way, not okay. I want you to fast 40 days first. No. He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things. You don't have to pull too hard. You don't have to work too hard. 
graciously, kindly, everything that you need for life and happiness, prosperity, everything in your family, everything in your nation. Why do we want to have our family do great and our nation falling apart? I don't think so. So graciously give us all things that's in my category. Praying for my nation, my city, my, my area that I live. All things. All things. All things means all things. Us, all things. Got that? Us, all things. Okay. So let's don't act like he's not going to give us graciously all things, especially the things we're asking for. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. I love these verses so much. Who is then who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Do you mean Jesus Christ is interceding for the church right now? Well, I, I thought he kind of went on vacation for a while. And wow, wait a minute. They always answer, God always answers Jesus' prayers. If, I mean, heaven, they always get the answer. So he's interceding for us. Oh, I love these verses. Who shall separate us? Well, the love of Christ. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or dangerous sword, as it's written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No! That all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I like that word, for through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow, the words speak for themselves, don't they? Who shall separate us from the loving care of God? Jesus is praying for us. Wow. We are more than conquerors. Sometimes I don't understand what that means exactly because I want to conquer a lot. <laughs> I want to get rid of that. I want to get rid of that. I want to do this. Right? But we're more than even that. If even all the that's that we get rid of, we're more than that. There's something more. We're more than that because Jesus is more. He's got this plan. He, he knows the beginning from the end. We're more than that. We're, we're part of the whole plan. But our ideas and our simplistic things and whatever, he's more than that even. And he's going to help us. He isn't even sitting distant and saying, okay, I'm going to, he's going to use us. And despite ourselves, despite our negativity, despite our positivity, our love, our lack of love, he's going to use us. He made us like that and he's going to help us. Thank God he's going to help us, right? Oh, who shall separate us from the loving care of God and for our ministry, for those that he calls more than conquerors? Who's going to separate us? No one. So you might as well not try to separate yourself, right? He's with us. Wow. So I want to talk in Roman numeral three, the powerful and happy lifestyle of those who rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Another one of my favorite scriptures. So when in doubt about the world, just turn to your favorite scriptures and read them over and over again. <laughs> Very encouraging. We don't live by what? bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. But some mouth, words out of the mouth of God for me are more meaningful than others. They help me a lot. And some are made for strenuous times like this, right? And some maybe are made for different times. But look what he says. And by the way, these disciples that are writing, they're not writing out of theory. These guys all ended up dead. Most of them. They all knew what persecution was. They were writing these things. Not from an ivory tower and not anywhere as safe as where we are right now. Talk about political turmoil and chaos. Many of these writings were done just before Rome got cleared out of all the believers, and many of them were killed. And not just, just a few years later, Jerusalem was completely destroyed. Much, much trouble. Lots of persecution, right? And I love it then when I read these writings and I read what they say. Man, they calm my heart down and they make me so encouraged. Rejoice always. Are you kidding me? Always? When you say rejoice always, Paul, wow. Because you're the guy that gets beaten up. You're the guy that's spent the, the, the night in the oceans, and you're the one that's being hounded from city to city. Rejoice always. What a great thing for us. Man, I tell you what. So how do you know that the singing to our services is not like the warm-up? <laughs> Pastors have to understand that too. It, it is the thing. It's a time for you to get together with God's people and rejoice, to sing, to sing the truth. And then, you know, if you notice how that amazing Spirit of God comes when the people of God gather together. Wow, it's just wonderful. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks and all service. For this is God's will. For these are three things. This is God's will. 
This lifestyle, could I just suggest to you, creates an ability to hear God's voice and recognize His plans. When we do these things, rejoice, pray, continue, and give thanks, this expressions, it's, it's then I can hear God's voice. Many, many times I, you know, I, I, I'm praying about something, wanting to get it right there, but as I just stay in this place, it's, it's not just about, well, God, I need to know what to do now. Bum, bum, bum. I tell you, I have gotten so few answers with those kinds of prayers. <laughs> I just, you know, because the thing doesn't come right away, and I'm straining, you know, okay, I'll fast a little longer, I'll be a little quieter. No, now I'll be louder, now I'm going to be quieter. God, give me the answer. But here, the thing is, this one helps me. I, I think of it like, okay, think of it like the soil of your heart, right? So I'm just going to put in the right soil, and it'll grow the right plant, right? So these are all different parts of the soil, rejoicing always, praying continually, giving thanks in all circumstances. When I keep my spirit in that, it's like the soil gets good in my life. When the soil gets good in my life, then I begin to hear God's voice. When the soil's nasty and not so good, I don't hear His voice very, very well, right? What's the opposite of rejoicing always? Complaining all the time. <laughs> I know. I think that's going to be a little hard for you to hear His voice, right? To know what to do, right? These are God's will for these things are God's will for you in Christ. She is God's will for you because when you do that, you actually discover God's will. He actually tells you because you know, uh, giving thanks, uh, rejoicing, always pray, continue to give thanks in all circumstances. We could do that in a private prayer room, but then there's a time when I've got to actually know God's will, right? Well, this is God's will because it leads to the other God's will, right? It's the soil that counts. So when my soil is good, God could put that seed in there and tell me what to do. When my soil is bad, he can put the most pure, beautiful seed, the straight will of God, and it won't grow up. <laughs> it will never manifest. Because it's being choked by the weeds. Right? So this is like the soil. Good job, Mike. That's a very good point. <laughs> you didn't mean to say that when you wrote the notes down. But now you're saying it, and it's a very good point. It's better than what you initially thought, isn't it, Mike? Yes, it is, Lord. Because I didn't think of that till this moment. I like that. <clears throat> I think you like that point for some reason. Okay, that's good. All right. Thank you, thank you. I was waiting for that one too. <laughs> when we live this way, there's a remarkable power to shape the attitudes of people around us. You know what? Think about that. You're rejoicing, praying, and giving thanks all the time. You affect people. You affect people that even don't know you. People that are in the world. Because when you walk by them, you don't cut yourself off from your faces open. You're expecting something good. You're expecting something because you're feeling good with God. Probably why I stopped uh, by and, you know, that lady the other night. And I've been learning to do more and more of that. It's actually quite interesting, you know. I don't think I have a thing to offer. And I don't oftentimes accept conversation. Because people are really lonely. Especially certain kinds of people. Just talking to them. Matter one of the things we've discovered, I told you over and over again about homeless, and I didn't know it until a while back, but one of the hardest things about being homeless is nobody sees you anymore. You become an invisible person, and then pretty soon you start acting like an invisible person. Even when the answer to your problem comes up, it smacks you in the face. I mean, the Almighty God might be in the form of skin, a person with all the solution for your problem, standing right in front of you, but you cannot see them because you've been invisible so long you had, couldn't imagine anybody would be interested in you. And sometimes we all get in that space, especially if we're under it far enough. You don't even have to be in a, that desperate of a place, right? This lifestyle helps us. Rejoice always, pray continue to give thanks in all circumstances. But when we live this way, there's a remarkable a power to shape the attitudes of people around us. Suddenly, we stand out. We shift the atmosphere. I want to be an atmosphere shifter. How about you guys? Thing is, here's another thing about broken people, people are in a bad place. Listen, I never was that active in this arena until I realized I don't have to have all the answers right then in that moment. I just need to be a little positive change. And if God gives me something else to do, like reach in my pocket and take out some money or point them a certain direction or talk to them, sometimes when I talk to people that I don't think I would have anything in common with, I find out, wait, hey, I know about that. And we find out we know the same per person or we went to the same school or there's some kind of thing we have in common. And wow, then it just starts. You never know. But shifting the atmosphere for me is like really the key thing here. And I believe these, 
things of rejoicing, praying, continuing, giving thanks in all circumstances. All circumstances. Even bad politics. All circumstances. Even bonehead decisions by our government. All circumstances. Please, get past those things. You must. You're an atmosphere changer. People can see a critical spirit a mile away. You're, you're horrified. That person has no idea. I mean, I just brought the truth to them and they didn't listen. Because <laughs> they're not looking at your stuff. You know, the stuff you have to say, they're looking at the way you're coming at it. You, they can tell. There's agenda. Let's just be atmosphere changer. We can stand out by actually taking an interest in people very different than us. Matter of fact, maybe that's very good advice for this time. Take an interest in people that are different. Don't isolate yourself. Even if you know they're a different political persuasion or different, don't isolate yourself. Just get to know them as a person. Never know what's going to come out of that concept or out of that place, right? Like I said, there's a remarkable power to shape the attitudes of people around us. We are people changers. We have the Spirit of God. We make a difference just by our presence. When we showed up and started praying for someone, even secretly when they didn't even know, we just changed their life. Now is not the time to get an inferiority complex. But we have a, in this time and day, believers, because they're so afraid and so freaking out, we have an inferiority-superiority complex. <laughs> We're scared to death what's going on, and then we kind of rise up and go, well, this is the way we should be doing all this, right? So we've got an inferiority-superiority complex, complex, right? So let's get rid of the inferiority, inferiority complex, and then we'll actually give something to someone that's meaningful that's useful for where they're at at that moment, right? It's just that fear in us drives us to be crazy, you know? I don't know. I just want to change the atmosphere in people's life and leave the Lord, let the Lord deal with the next step and the next step. I can't solve all those steps of their life. It took me for heaven. How, how long did it take you to get to where you are right now? <laughs> I wonder if somebody saw you a few years ago. What would it be like? Think way back if you've been a Christian for a long time. What would it have been like if the average believer would have come up to you and started talking to you? What would you have responded like? Aren't you glad God's given you a little bit of room and you got a little time, but whatever you do, you don't want to choke them or death or slap them around because the next time the next person comes along, they're, they're going to slap that person around, right? You know what I mean? That's right. Another good point. So we have a tremendous ability to build strong relationships with both strangers and friends. And... Uh, Appreciation is a big word for us right now, and I, I tell you, it's getting bigger for me. Just notes of appreciation, you know, um, just, that's where it says, right? Rejoice always, pray, continue to give thanks in all circumstances. So thanking somebody for something they've done. Man, I, I tell you, uh, it's amazing how you can build relationships with, with people just by uh, giving, uh, say, just by saying thank you. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, relationship almost starts there. When you say thank you, somebody does something nice for you. And when you say thank you, and they look at you back in return, you notice that little warmth, that, that little spark that comes? That's being relational. So we can do that thank you thing all over the place. It's a simple tool, but if we're into ourselves and not out of ourselves, you know, again, these things, rejoice and always pray and continue to giving thanks in all circumstances. Even giving thanks in all circumstances help us live with stress and deep depression. Let me just... I, this lady, and I'm going to finish with this, because actually there was a couple of articles I read. One of them was on Vietnam veterans. They found out that the level of gratitude in a veteran's life determined whether, how fast they got through some of their mental issues. If they had a small level of gratitude in their life, it took them a lot longer to get out from under the horrible memories that they had. Isn't that amazing? But they were more grateful... They got out quicker, right? So let me just, this lady wrote this article I read, and I, I just want to just, uh, she was just talking about this whole th thing of Thanksgiving especially. So here's what a thankful person can expect. And this all goes aligned with this rejoice, always pray and continue, but thanks in all circumstances. A person that's just grateful. Let's just talk about being grateful. First thing you can expect, and this is a secular writing writing this, but actually she was an informed secular writer, and she was writing, you know, uh, from an informed part of research with actual psychologists and people that she was interviewing. So here's the first thing. A person that carries gratitude in them, that's thankful, actually has more relationships, more friendships. They're able to make relationships better. 
Isn't that interesting? So when they're thankful, grateful, there's easy, it's easier to relate. And I think that's true. Like, oh, gosh, just start with your children. <laughs> How much easier to be nice to your kids when they're thankful? Have you ever noticed that? Let's just start where it really hits home, right? In the family. Oh, thanks for doing that for me. That was so nice of you, Dad. Okay. What else do you want, you know? Right? Isn't it true? I mean, this is simple stuff. I'm not, I'm not really like preaching like this incredibly complex. This is very simple, right? But this thanks in all circumstances. It helps us live with less stress and depression in certain areas. And one of those areas of problems are relationships, right? But thanksgiving, being grateful, uh, you know, it helps lead to better relationships all the way around. We, we know that from the time that the kid's four years old, feeling his oats and, you know, <laughs> giving him stuff for Christmas or whatever. Now say, thank you. <laughs> it's cute then, but when they're 15, it really means something. Say, thank you. Ungrateful, right? You know. So let's just train them up early. <laughs> and maybe if we're thankful to them and for them, maybe it helps them to be thankful. You ever thought about that? It's not just a one-way street. Our thankfulness to another person releases them to have a relationship with us. Just like it does, you know, for your waiter at the restaurant or whatever, right? So she says also, it improves physical health. They found out literally the more grateful you are, the more your health improves. Healthy people seem to be more grateful people. I don't know. This is what she's saying. It release, she said it reduces toxic emotions. Thanksgiving, that releases toxic emotions. I think that's really true. I highly recommend this. If you get in a toxic place and you know it and you can't help it, just start thanking God for everything. Thank other people for what they did for you. Just try Thanksgiving for a day, two, three, four days in, in uh, our Thrive language that turns on the relational circuits. Did I say that right, Kent? Very nice. Thank you. It turns on, I learned that. It turns on the relational circuits. If you want to know what relational circuits are, Ken knows all about those. I'd be glad to tell you. And I'm very grateful that he explains that to all of us because, frankly, all this stuff should be sort of simple, but it's amazing how we get in these holes and places and stuck places, and we don't know, right? And we just get stuck. It also produces empathy and reduces aggression. Also, you sleep better, evidently, and also it improves your self-esteem, this is all about saying thanks. And it also uh, gives you mental strength. It improves your resilience. You're not so rigid. I tell you what, this whole thing of 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 is like one of the best prescriptions for our time. Rejoice always. How many times? Always. Whether you're watching Fox News or the other guys, always. Rejoice always. Pray how long? Continually, continually. Do it all the time, right? Yes, without ceasing. Give thanks in how many circumstances? All circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And this habits and the things that we've talked about reveals our loving, good, and gracious God. It's easier for us to connect, get life from Him. And God knows we need this wonderful, joyous life from God in this hour, right? Amen. Let's all stand. Thank you, Lord. Appreciate you guys wishing me a happy birthday today. And, uh, yeah, I said that so you do that. Thank you. Now my, re my relational circuits are all going off at once now. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, you do that. I like, you don't know more of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Man, it so, feels so good. I feel so good. I feel, uh, you know, being 46 is amazing. I, I, I never thought it would be so amazing, you know. I, I really... Uh, 
So um, what I like to do is with our musicians here, uh, you know this rejoicing thing, uh, that's right in that worship slot. Have you ever noticed that? And uh, I just think that uh, we're just, if we'll play, and, I, and I'm going to, I'm kind of over this whole thing of we're going to start our ministry teams up again, and we're going to begin to do more and more of that as we minister to each other. So we're going to be firing up a lot of things that have been kind of uh, delayed because of the relational thing and the closeness thing. And, um, and uh, I just want to encourage all of you. You've just been so courageous during this time. And uh, just keep your relational circuits on. Keep these things that we've talked about in place. And remember that over all of it, God's controlling and helping. And he doesn't, didn't forsake us, didn't leave us anywhere. Right? Now, as I'm looking across the crowd today, I just think there's some business that a number of you would like to do. And uh, there's just nothing like worship and rejoicing in the Lord as you just are there to find answers. And um, even when I was speaking about those three things of giving thanks, rejoicing, all of it, um, you don't need to have all the answer to your problems. One thing I'm learning to do is I just need to where to start. Sometimes we try to get the whole problem solved. But maybe today, even as you're before the Lord, God will give you a start. Say, oh, you know, I need to remember. I need to go do that. You know, I think I'll try this. I think maybe the answer to this is that, right? So I don't suppose there's any people with any problems here. But just in case there might be one or two. Maybe you have a hard decision you got to make. Hi, Anthony. So uh, maybe there's decisions you need to make about your business, private life. Wouldn't it be something if we just spend a little time rejoicing and while we're just singing and worshiping, God begins to drop the answer right in our spirit. He could do it in times like this. Church is not only about hearing from people or being together. It's about you hearing something specific for God for you. That's why we always have these little, I don't know, altar call means, seems too formal. It's these times where we want to meet Jesus. And I always like at the end of our services to just leave room for that. Some of you just need some information or just need some encouragement. You just need to hear from your sponsor, right? So we want to leave time for that. So what we'll do is we'll sing a song or two. If you need to go, uh, just feel free. If you could just go quietly a little bit. But I would like to make this kind of a sacred space because I'd like to have some time to experience from the Holy Spirit the things that we talked about. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. But remember from that lifestyle, there's a return. Give a little bit to God, He gives back to you. Right? So maybe you'd like to just spend a moment. Okay, you're gonna have to get your kids soon if you have children. That's okay, but spend a moment with the Lord. So I encourage you, even uh, if you'd like to come up in the front to stand here, maybe it feels better to worship from here. You just feel free to do that today. All right, or from your seat, wherever you feel most comfortable. The most important thing is if we could just spend some time with God, asking God for answers, asking God for information, asking God to encourage us, okay? So whether up here in your seat, feel free, and if you need to go, feel free to go whenever. We could dim the lights a little bit, and um, so we're just going to have some meditation time. We'll just do this maybe 10 or 15 minutes, and then if you'd like to go now, feel free. If you want to just stay in this time with us, and pray and seek God's face, feel free. God bless you all. If you're leaving, could you, if you go quietly, that'd be great. Uh, just, uh, I think there's a special time here for some people, and I wanted to have a chance to hear God's voice.